the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Get ready to take notes, because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. And welcome to Education America, where we are taking steps to save the classroom so that we can save the country. Come along with us here every Saturday night on AM 1280 The Patriot at 6 o'clock, where K-12 education is the playing field. And as the 16th President Abraham Lincoln so succinctly stated, he said the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. I'm Mark Durkin, joined by my co-host and founder of Liberty Classical Academy, Rebecca Hegstrom. Yeah, good evening. Good to see you, Mark. Nice to see you as well. Yeah, we've got an exciting couple of shows coming up. Very exciting. Very busy time. Yes, it's And uh, what an election season we just had this yes, last week. Yes, and there was a lot of surprise, upset victories, which, um, in my opinion, were good. I loved seeing what happened in Virginia. Yes. And even the mayoral race... Yeah. Yay. I love it. Thank you, John. Um, But even the mayoral race in New York uh, went to a law and order candidate. And so I think that was an excellent outcome. And looks like in Seattle, it might be the same case there. Mm -hmm. So some liberal bastions are starting to cave in to some Mm -hmm. conservative thought. So, well, a good first yeah. step. We'll see how things unfold as time goes. Yep. And as I mentioned, the 2021 election season, it came to an end this week. But the debates surrounding many issues across the state and the country are just getting started. In fact, midterm elections are just a year away, and Minnesotans will vote in next year's gubernatorial race. Our guest tonight says it's time for a new playbook, and he's running for the Republican nomination for governor because of his deep concern for his state, fueled by failed leadership from career politicians who continuously fail Minnesotans. Joining us in studio tonight to discuss his candidacy for governor is Dr. Neil Shaw. Dr. Shaw is a husband, a father, a Mayo-trained physician, business owner, and the son of immigrants. He says that he is running for governor because he believes Minnesota is worth saving. Dr. Shaw, thank you for joining us tonight on Education America. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, that's great. Well, let's begin by having you introduce yourself to our listening audience. Um, Share with our listeners your parents' journey in coming to America, why they came here in the first place, and then how your family ultimately was received um, after having come to this country. So my parents came here for the same reason that millions of immigrants before them and since have come Mm -hmm. to America. It's the land of opportunity, and they wanted better opportunities than what they would have had in India. Mm -hmm. They both came from relatively large families. They didn't know each other. They grew up in the western side of India and Gujarat, Mm -hmm. came here on academic scholarships to work and to try to achieve the American dream. Mm -hmm. They came to a post-civil rights America where patriots fought for equal rights for all Americans. And when they arrived here, um, those 
equal opportunities were afforded to them, mm-hmm. and they seized them. It certainly wasn't easy. They came here completely penniless and poor. My dad was the first of his family to come here. My mom at least mm-hmm. had a brother here first. But imagine getting off that plane in snowy, cold Chicago. <laughs> right. yeah. From India. From India. <laughs> and you don't look like anybody. You don't have any money. You have an academic scholarship. You know, my dad's scholarship was if you drop below a 4.0, he get put on a plane and sent back home. Below 4.0. Before a 4.0. Wow. He had to keep a perfect day wow. average, and he had wow. to work because he didn't yeah. have the, you know, his, his family's every last penny to send his da- my dad over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my dad's job was then to help bring the rest of the family over. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so they worked hard. Mm-hmm. They had talent. And they succeeded. And so did their sons. Um, and their success and the success of millions of other immigrants before and since is a testament to the reality of the American dream. Mm-hmm. But that dream's in danger. It's denigrated by the leftists. And we have to remember that America is still this shining beacon of freedom and opportunity. And it still is the greatest country in the world and very attractive for people to emigrate to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. What, what, what year did your parents come? Do you, do you so, know? So, yeah, my dad came in 69. My mom was in 72. Okay. okay. So they really were just right just after right the after. civil rights era. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, right. that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but wonderful benefits, right? That's right. <laughs> All the way down to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Shaw, growing up, you attended and graduated uh, from the public school system. How would you describe your experience in the public schools? And do you feel that your public school education prepared you for the challenges that came up when you went off to college? Yeah, I mean, this was a different era. Right. Um, you know, I was born in, in 1980. Uh, my parents never left Chicago. I think we moved once, we moved like five blocks. <laughs> and they moved to the suburb they moved to um, because of the schools. Mm. And they were completely different. Right. The focus then, as best I could tell, was always on education. Yeah. And, you know, my classroom had a fair number of Asians who'd come to this suburb, again, for schools. Right. And then it had, you know, um, a, lot, a relatively economically diverse group of, of, of whites. Mm-hmm. And race was just never an issue. Now, that's not to say that I didn't meet racist people along the way or they didn't mm-hmm. exist. My parents certainly met them and I've met them. And But it was always you're here and in the words of the military, you're all equally worthless. <laughs> 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 and so you started from that standpoint mm-hmm. of you need to prove yourself and you need to work hard. Mm-hmm. But the public school I, system I went to uh, was very rigorous. I mean, they tested kids for gifted in kindergarten. They tested again in second grade. They pulled you out. Their enrichment programs all the way through, a very strong honors program. Um, by the time I graduated high school, I mean, I went to college with, you know, 20 college credits and full slate of, you know, five AP classes my last year. Mm. The hardest academic rigor I ever had was not medical school or residency. It was my last year. Interesting. And that was in a public school. It was a public school system. Wow. Yeah. Um, It's pretty impressive, actually. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's really impressive. So, you know, everything from from the the writing to putting together position papers to speeches to history classes – um, it was it was really hard and it was really rigorous. And um, that experience of public education obviously colored my perspective because I was like, well, all schools are like this. Right. You know, right. you just assumed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, we would compete against other schools that were also s- similar. So, like, you know, when we'd go out to like a math team meet, we're competing against like, you know, Lake Forest and Winnetka. And these are big schools mm-hmm. around Chicago that were just as rigorous. Yeah. And it was it was a pressure cooker to, to make it out of there and graduate in the top couple people in your class. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, but that's not the experience that I think if I went back there today, I'm afraid I wouldn't find it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's certainly not the experience that we've found 
here in Minnesota. Yeah, and that's actually where I was going to go next. You have you do have children in school and they're elementary school age. Did your own children begin their schooling in the public schools? And when was it that you began to realize that the public schools were turning away from an academically rigorous curriculum? And what were you finding out about how your own local school district was um, working in terms of the academics? Yeah, so we we used to live in St. Paul. We've lived all around Minneapolis, St. Paul, yeah. but most recently in St. Paul. And um, we decided to move out because the crime was getting worse in our neighborhood. It was a pretty nice neighborhood, but it was mm-hmm. still not great. And the other thing we were very disappointed about was, you know, at, at that time, we, you know, St. Paul had a, a decent magnet school program. And we said, well, if our kids test in, um, can they go? And they're like, well, yes and no. You know, <laughs> if your kids are the wrong color, uh, the answer is no. We're like, this is ridiculous. Well, like yeah. the test scores are the test scores. You either test in or you don't. Mm-hmm. And we understand there might be, a, you have to, t- you know, maybe 10% over because not everyone takes the spot. Right, right. But it is completely different, you know, if you're Asian or if you're white. And if you're if you're the right color to, to fit some diversity quota, then the test scores really aren't the test scores. And that's not the America that my parents came to. Mm-mm. You can either run the 100-yard dash in a certain amount of time or you can't do it. Mm-hmm. And if you want to make the team, you got to run it under a certain amount of time. Yeah. That's equality. Yeah. And this equity push has been really disappointing to see because it's kind of a battle against excellence. Mm-hmm. So in our school district, so we moved to Moundsview. As Moundsview historically has been a strong school district who wanted to stay on the east side. So we looked at Mosview and Midai, and, you know, it was kind of okay. And then things just precipitously fell off in like 19 and then 20 with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And the more we started to look at the progress our kids were making, I was like, this is, this is too slow. Mm-hmm. You know, my son is very good at math and he's not being challenged. And we're like, when are you going to test him, you know, for gifted, talented mm-hmm. enrichment? And it just kept me like, yeah, this like, well, we used to do this, but we don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And... Then the pandemic happened, the kids were locked down, and we just decided that the education of our kids was too important to to leave to the system. And we met, we did an exit interview with the assistant principal. And I said, I've read the curriculum we're going to teach our kids. And there's falsehoods baked into this about our history. There's entire omissions. I mean, Mm -hmm. the Holocaust wasn't in a draft version. Yeah, isn't that shocking? crazy. And I said, um, you know, what are you going to do for the special needs kids and the gifted and talented kids? Mm -hmm. And uh, they're like, well, we're just going to put them all into the same room and let the teacher try to teach. I was like, that's impossible. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> no one's going what to get what they need. What a non-answer that yeah. is, right? No one's right. going to get what they need. Yeah. That the kids who need additional enrichment either way, because they're behind or because they're their head, yeah. are left behind. Right. And, and this is what the leftists want, is to teach to the C, mm-hmm. as opposed to helping people come up and promoting excellence at the highest levels. Yeah. And so we made the difficult decision to, to pull our kids out, mm-hmm. and we're fortunate in the sense that we have the, the means to do that. Right. But thousands of Minnesotans don't. Mm-hmm. They can't afford to pay twice mm-hmm. for education. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, some, that's an opportunity we'd like to return to them. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and hopefully we'll be talking about that a little bit later, you know, his views on school choice and that type of thing, because I do think that that's an important topic, especially right now. In our in our nation's history, where the public schools are not serving the way they used to, just like you heard from this principal, well, we used to do gifted and talented, we used to do honors, we used to do AP, and more and more school districts across the country are eliminating those programs. Mm-hmm. So there's not those opportunities. Okay, Dr. Shaw, you approached the Moundsview School District. You got the response from them that your concerns were raised. 
it wasn't much of a response. In all the people that you know uh, that attend maybe other public school districts in the Twin Cities that are growing frustrated with the schools that their, uh, their, their kids attend, what has been their response? How have they approached some of those school districts and how the school districts responded to their concerns? Yeah, from the other parents we've heard and even talking with the assistant principal that day, it's been the same response, like a pat on the head. Th- you know, thank you for voicing your concerns. You have no power here. And um, they say, actually, you know, yes, I, yes, I do. And I'm going to pull my kids out. And mm-hmm. then I'm going to fight you every step of the way right. to rescue the kids that are still left in the system. And from the folks that I've talked to in other school districts, it's the same idea. We know better than you how to educate your children. So shut up, sit down, and let yeah. us indoctrinate yeah. them. It's right. so frustrating and it's so patronizing. It is. You know, um, I, I really believe that that's a big, well, I think it's pretty well documented that one of the big reasons why Youngkin won is because he took that approach and McAuliffe basically said, no, parents don't get a say in their children's education. That's the state's decision. And, you know, interestingly, and I find this frightening, I've, I've seen some interviews of young people on college campuses where they went around and asked them, do you think parents should have a say in what their children learn in the public schools? And several of these young people said, no, I think there's options. If they don't like what's being taught in the public schools, they can go to private schools. Mm-hmm. Very important. So, oh, my goodness. And this, if this is the mindset of the young people coming up. Right. Um, we, we really have to try to change that mindset. And they've been, well, they've been indoctrinated into that mindset exactly. by teachers unions working over decades yes. towards an end. Yep. And that, I think, is the disappointing fact that we all have to realize mm-hmm. that, that the teachers unions uh, don't represent the interests of our children. They right. represent an industrial, educational industrial complex mm-hmm. that wants to gain more and more revenue mm-hmm. and then have more and more control. Yep. And you referenced mm-hmm. to Terry McAuliffe earlier yes. in Virginia. Uh, it's interesting to note that uh, prior to his election against uh, Governor-elect Youngkin, he had Randy Weingarten, uh, the, right. from the teachers uh, mm-hmm. union and the American Federation rally. of Teachers at the final rally, right. basically coming into agreement with what he said about how parents have no role in their children's education. I think it was their last at Jeffers to bring out their base. That's the only thing I can figure out. Why else would you ever bring Randy Weingartner <laughs> onto your final rally before right. an election? We'll see if they do some uh, appropriate yeah. soul searching after that, because yeah. I, I think that was the issue that won back the suburbs. And in mm-hmm. Minnesota in 22, it will be the issue that the suburbs right. vote on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I 100 percent agree. It's a big issue. Well, Dr. Shah, you love this country and our constitutional republic. And of course, the education that you received that prepared you to become the physician that you are today. Um, before enrolling your children at Liberty Classical Academy, you did see the direction that the local public school district was taking your child. In fact, you addressed that with them. At what point did you really feel inspired to enter the race for governor? It was everything that happened in 2020, mm-hmm. not just one little thing, but uh, businesses being locked down, my patients being denied preventative medical care, the uh, political science as opposed to actual science being um, pushed by the left to take away choice to wear a mask, choice to get a vaccines. Everything that the left has been doing has been the wrong answer, mm-hmm. and it has hurt Minnesotans at every level. Um, but the education of my children being pulled out of school and then having this halting back in, back out, and then when you're there, you have to wear a mask, even though masks don't work. Mm-hmm. And even um, though your children are at the age where they have to learn how to read. Th- that's right, and learn a mask. facial expression. Right, and, 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 <laughs> right. 
So it was all, it, it was just, it was too much. And then, you know, we just made the decision that we can't take the chance. We can't gamble that they'll do the right thing and change. Mm -hmm. And I said, we have to be ahead of this and we have to put the educational needs of our children first. And so we started looking mm -hmm. and we're very fortunate that we found Liberty and our kids are thriving there. Yeah. How did you find Liberty, by the way? I don't think I remember this. Um, you know, since well, pretty conservative, I asked around and said, who's the, who's the most, like the least woke school? In the <laughs> That's right. I love it. <laughs> and, uh, and they're like, you should go look at Liberty. And I said, mm -hmm. okay, well, I'll look at it. I was like, I really like what I hear. But to be honest with you, it was finally, the, the, the final thing that pushed me over the edge was your COVID policy. Mm -hmm. It was the most scientifically correct COVID mm, policy that I had read mm -hmm. anywhere. And I said, whoever wrote this, like, knows. They know the science. And they know what they're doing. And they're not being cavalier about this disease. They're not being cavalier about the kids. Right. They just have read, and they know that it poses no threat, and they want parents to have the choice as mm -hmm. to what to do. Mm -hmm. And they know how important it is the kids are in person, yes. seeing each other, getting that social development. Yeah. And I said, we have, we have to go here. Yeah. And, and in the beginning, you know, Sarah was like, I, I, you know, I don't know. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's extra money and this and that. Mm -hmm. And now she's like, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> Once every decade. Right. Because <laughs> right. Right. it's always the wife that's right, right? <laughs> Mom is always right. <laughs> yep. And so we're so, we're so thankful. Mm -hmm. But now the mission is really expanding that opportunity to all Minnesotans. Yes. Everyone deserves that right mm -hmm. to have their kids educated like they want them to be educated. Right, right. And that's that school choice piece. Do you mind if we just kind of go off for a little moment here on school sure. choice? Um, because I agree with you that parents need to have a choice and not every family can afford uh, tuition at a private school. And just to be clear, I think parents also misunderstand how much private schools do tend to give away in scholarship money for qualifying families. So I think it's always worth people checking into private school and seeing if they can get some type of funding, even if they can't afford it. Um, but with respect to school choice, there's been some school choice um, efforts in this state, and each time they've come up short. Uh, what would be one of your solutions for trying to bring about school choice in the state of Minnesota? Well, I think the time is right now. We look at it, – it's an issue that's going to require uh, people left and right of center to come together and say – the future of our children is too important mm -hmm. to leave in the hands of craven teachers' unions mm -hmm. and the weak politicians that will support them. And the pandemic, one of the bright spots of it has been that parents opened backpacks and they mm -hmm. realized either the lies their children were being taught, they realized that eight hours of education could be done in one and a half to two hours at home, and they realized, you know, from what the public schools like to call education. Mm -hmm. And they realize that the needs of their kids, emotional development and their future economic earnings were secondary. Mm -hmm. The combination of all those has created the correct environment to get broad appeal from Minnesota residents to pass school choice mm -hmm. in this state. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, the legislators would be wise to listen to that, to understand that this is this should not be a partisan issue unless you are just in the pockets of the uh, teachers' unions. Which, that unfortunately, tends to be the case. Many for, of them for, are. Uh, yeah. But even the people that put an R after the name are happy to shovel increasing amounts of money at a failing educational system mm -hmm. and then pat themselves on the back. Mm -hmm. My state senator is happy 
to have increased state funding to public education 10 to 15%. Why would you throw more money after a system that is resulting in reducing test scores, kids being pulled out of school, being test and trace, which is incredibly disruptive to employment mm-hmm. situations for the parents? Why would you reward that kind of system? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we have to look very hard at ensuring the dollars follow the kids so everyone has an opportunity to seek the best environment. Mm-hmm. And one of the criticisms people will say is, well, that's going to defund public education. It's not. It's going to make it better because they will finally have to compete. Mm-hmm. They will not have a monopoly on a large amount of money. And they will be forced to go into the marketplace of education and show why they deserve your dollars. Mm -hmm. And as a result, they will hopefully get back to teaching, reading, writing, and arithmetic and not wokeness. Right, right. And they will be rewarded if they do that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like any market, if you don't like the choices in the market, you increase the number of market entrants. And Mm -hmm. we have to ensure that, that we do that. And the way to do that is with the dollars and giving them back to the parents mm-hmm. so their mm-hmm. kids can choose. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and I don't want to belabor this point too much, but um, the previous efforts that have been attempted often do end up with a roadblock of um, the the Democrats, frankly, don't want to vote for it. In fact, um, part of the reason why the Republicans offered so much money towards education this past session was so that they could try to get through a small amount of dollars to just open the door to school choice through ESA legislation. And the Democrats would not give an inch. And so we need people with backbone that are willing to maybe even close down the government for this. Is that something that you'd be willing to do? There have to be issues that we are willing to go to the mat for. And the future of our kids, health freedom, um, voting integrity. I mean, these are the big ones to our base. Like we can sit there and argue. And I, I wouldn't shut down government over a small tax change here or there. But there are big issues that affect the entire future of this country. And if the left doesn't see us as having the backbone to die on any hill, mm-hmm. then they will continue to abuse us. You know, I'd point out that we gave, that the, the, the Republican Party gave that money to the left and got nothing in return. Right. That's not horse trading. Mm-hmm. That's capitulation. Yep. Yep. And we pat ourselves on the back for doing that. Mm-hmm. We need a governor with backbone. We need legislators with backbone. We need a GOP that has backbone. And we have to have ideals that we are willing to defend tooth and nail Mm -hmm. against the left. Mm -hmm. And we have to be willing to take all the assaults that are going to come from the teachers' unions who, again, do not care Mm -hmm. about the future of our children. They care only about their own good. Yeah, yeah. Well said. Well said. Good. You know, just talking about uh, some of the issues that were – very prevalent during these you know, school board elections and will continue to be debated over the next year and maybe beyond. Critical race theory. I mean, that's at the center of the discussion surrounding education in the public schools. And you know, for listeners who may not be familiar with CRT, it teaches that America is systemically racist. White people have historically and continue to serve as oppressors. And as a result, persons of color are destined to fail as an ongoing result of it. And we can all agree that students must be taught a complete history of America. You know, that, that point always gets overlooked. Warts and all. And so that we learn from history so as not to repeat the dark periods of American history. Discuss some of the consequences that you see that are emerging as a result of this skewed approach. And where will it take our young students in society as a whole if we don't reverse what is going on in our schools? How is CRT actually accentuating, you know, the dark historical practices uh, that its proponents say we don't want to repeat as a nation? Yeah, it's injecting racial essentialism into a conversation when it doesn't belong. 
patriots fought against segregating Americans, segregating people based on the color of their skin or their ethnic background. And now we want to take a step backwards. I mean, I think this seems like it started under the Obama administration where all of a sudden racism was on life support and they brought it back to life simply to have a tool to campaign with. And now the left is gaslighting as hard as they can on CRT doesn't exist. CRT isn't in your schools. Really? Then why do we keep finding (laughs) critical race theory books in our libraries? Why do we keep finding BLM posters on public school walls? Why do we keep finding evidence that you are teaching whites that they must be oppressors if they've never done anything to oppress anybody else? And at the same time, the inherent bigotry of low expectations that because you are brown – you are doomed to fail. What does that tell people? Right. I in- instead choose to believe that my parents could come here clearly brown and clearly achieve everything they want. We elected a black president twice. We just elected the first ever black statewide candidate in Virginia. Their mm-hmm. lieutenant governor right, right. is a black Jamaican immigrant right, right. and a Marine Corps veteran. Mm-hmm. And their attorney general is Hispanic. So the party of white supremacy elects a black woman and a Hispanic, and we're still the party of white supremacy? Give me a break. At some point, the gaslighting gets to be too much. And and that's where parents have to understand that CRT is real. It's being baked into the curriculum, and it's being force-fed to your children. Parents have to take an interest in what their kids are being taught. They have to take an interest in the entire educational process, all the way from the curriculum up through how it's implemented in schools. They have to take back over the school boards, and I'm glad to see so many great patriots running and getting elected. And we have to stay in this fight yes. because if we give it up, if we cede this ground, they will just continue to push the Marxism and the racial essentialism and the hate onto our kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's criti- very disturbing. <laughs> yeah. Critical race theory and equity-based policies as a whole are, you know, as we've talked about, I mean, dividing people on this, this premise of race and making judgments of people according to racial identities, not on individual merit, as Dr. Martin Luther King so adamantly advocated for in his I Have a Dream speech. You know, me personally, I feel the divide and the conquer tactics along racial lines have obviously little to do with history, but much to do with how political campaigns are conducted, specifically an appeal to people groups mm-hmm. as opposed to constitutional rights. We hear it all the time. You know, we're for the American worker, the hero, uh, you know, on this particular line of work. You know, is that an accurate description that it really kind of starts at the political campaign level in terms of dividing people? Yeah, I would say uh, an easy way to think about this is the right views everyone as individuals and they want individuals to thrive and do well and have opportunity. The left likes to divide people into groups. Mm -hmm. I think we are stronger together and there's far more that unites us than divides us. And I'm not willing to play that political game uh, of dividing people into groups. Mm -hmm. And I feel that as we see parents get more involved we're going to push back onto this racial essentialism again and get back to seeing people for who they are. Right. Mm-hmm. Good, bad, hardworking, not so hardworking. And those qualities are ones that I think we can use to compare mm-hmm. people. I really have a sense that the left has overstepped and has really awakened the sleeping giant. Um, I'd like to think that that's the case anyway. And I think that it's important for people to keep pushing, even if they didn't get their school board candidates elected this time around. Um, They need to really be continuing that battle forward um, to push back so that we can truly be a united humanity, which is what 
we are here in the United States of America. You know, I think about the FAIR organization, and they are pro-human, and that's what we are. We are pro-human. So, Dr. Shaw, do you have a website that you'd like people to take a look at for your campaign? And, and we'll have you back next week. Yes. Uh, please visit electneil, dot com. You can also find us on social media at Neil Shaw MN. And we'd love your supporters to follow along as the campaign continues. All right. At Neil Shaw MN. All right. Thanks for being with us. And we will see you again here next week uh, where we will continue the conversation with Dr. Neil Shaw, who is running for Minnesota State Governor. And hope you join us this Saturday, 6 p.m., a.m. 1280, The Patriot. Good night. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.